All right, today I want to talk and finish up on this idea of being a baptized. Everybody say baptized. So if you've been around, you've been hearing me talk about this idea of four different baptisms that are mentioned in the New Testament. Water baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit, baptism of fire, being baptized into the body of Christ. The concept of baptism is taken from uh, a Greek word, baptismos, so it's really just a transposed word that means immersion. And uh, this idea lives big in me to understand that life in God works when we go all in. When we go in with total immersion, you're, you're never going to be happy as a believer with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. So, so for everything in life, instead of going halfway in, half-hearted effort, just go all the way in. You know, go all the way in with your relationship with Jesus. Give it your best shot, you know. Go all the way in with your relationship with church. Just don't show up once every four to six weeks and think that's what God has for your life. He has way more for your life than that. Go all the way in on being on fire for God. So the truth is, you and I are never going to win in any arena where we just are half-hearted about it. So I want to talk about this idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about today, I'm going to talk about praying in the Spirit, praying with a spiritual prayer language. So the, the New Testament church is a Holy Spirit-empowered Church. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power, dunamis, dynamite power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's a power to make you a witness, both in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, as far as the remotest parts of the earth. When, when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're empowered to live the life that God has called us to live. We're empowered to be a witness for Jesus. And there's a boldness that comes when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I remember I gave my life to Christ and just a few months saved. I'd enrolled in local uh, university, uh, UNO, University of New Orleans, which is just a, a byproduct of LSU uh, University and Louisiana State University. I remember that one of the first days in our English class, our teacher, there's probably 40 people in the class or so, and she says, everybody stand up and introduce yourself to us. So we're going around the room and people are giving their name and saying what they say, and I just stood up and I said, hi, my name's Kirk Bowman. I'm a born-again Christian. Jesus has just changed my life. Well, I can promise you there was not the, any kind of clapping that went on in that university classroom. Uh, and, and, so, and so the teacher goes, oh, really? Tell us about that. So for the next five minutes, I basically gave my testimony what God had done in my life and uh, shared my faith and, and the class. And it, it was a pretty interesting experience uh, and the reason I tell that story is because when class was over, literally half a dozen or more people came up to me and said, you know, I'm a believer, but n there's no way I'd have 
that level of boldness to stand up in this class and proclaim Jesus the way you did. And I believe it was because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I want to talk about this aspect of Holy Spirit empowerment that in our life uh, called praying in the Spirit. And uh, it, it strikes me as unusual as I think about this, and I don't know that I've ever actually taught this just straight as a message. Like in all my years of ministry, I've always, I've always believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've, I've had my prayer language for almost 50 years now, and it's such a big part of my uh, spiritual life, and it, it comes to my realization when we're in the middle of this that I don't know that I've ever really even taught a message about this. And so this is just certainly going to be a, a 101 uh, on this. And, and we've actually bought, uh, got a few books for you guys uh, to purchase out in the foyer. If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, you want to get kind of an overview. Uh, this is a great book by Robert Morris called The God I Never Knew. And if you really particularly want more info on having a spiritual prayer language, praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, uh, that Jack Hayford wrote a fantastic book called The Beauty of Spiritual Language. So in the Bible, you're going to find uh, alternate use of phrases like speaking in tongues, praying in the spirit. Uh, Jack Hayford labeled it uh, spiritual prayer language. And the truth is, prayer in and of itself is a spiritual exercise, I mean, even the fact that we are praying, I was having a conversation with a family member about a family issue, because I mean, you know, if you have family, you have issues. And so I was sharing with this, you know, family member, I said, well, I believe in the power of prayer and I'm going to be praying. And there was a, another one of those total moments of silence. But prayer is, is so much a spiritual exercise. It's a human on the earth, in the natural realm, reaching into the heavenly realms and pulling God's best into the earth. That's what we do when we pray. That's why we have pre-service prayer. That's why we have first Wednesday prayer. That's why we're always encouraging you guys to have a consistent personal prayer life as well. The Holy Spirit gifts us with a prayer language that goes beyond our mind, and it's really like a straight spirit connect with God. And there are, throughout the book of Acts, which is where the birth of the church is recorded, and which the model for church is, you're going to find several times that incidents where the Holy Spirit baptism is talked about, and almost all of them display a manifestation of a spirit-empowered prayer language. So one you'd certainly be familiar with, right, is Acts 2.4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to pray in the Spirit, to pray in tongues, but they still had to choose to speak out with that ability. Sometimes I think people think about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They, you know, they think about speaking in tongues or a spiritual prayer language, and they think it's some kind of 
wild emotional experience, often it can be, that can happen, but by and large, it's a choice to pray out of your spirit. Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 14, I'm just going to give you a couple, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, but Acts 8, 14 says, the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, so they sent Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they would receive the Holy Spirit. So they had already received the word of God, but they want to pray that they have this encounter or this relationship or this experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, for he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Simon, who was a, like a sorcerer uh, in the town, saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of hands, uh, laying on of the apostles' hands, and he offered them money. Can I just, and uh, it's a funny thing. I don't want to go too far into it, but Peter basically says, to hell with you and your money. I'm just quoting the Bible. I'm just quoting the Bible. But uh, you can't buy God. <laughs> you can't buy the things of God. But this, this passage is telling us they, they had received the word of God, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. And there was obviously something involved here for Simon the sorcerer to go, I want that. I want the ability to do that. I want the authority to do that. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 while Peter was still speaking these words, remember this is when Cornelius the centurion had, the, had the, the vision to call for Peter. Peter had the vision that the Gentiles were coming in. Acts 10, he's going there, he's speaking to them. It says, verse 44, Peter was still speaking these words. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. And I, I find it usually interesting that when you find spirit-filled churches, there's often the, the concept or the practice of exalting God, in other words, of worshiping God, really seems to accompany Holy Spirit baptism. Most charismatic churches, churches that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in prayer language, uh, often have a strong emphasis on worship. Acts 19, I'm just going to give you, these are just incidents, stories in the book of Acts. Verse 1, it happened while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country, came to Ephesus, found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, on the contrary, we've not even heard if there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance. That's what we just experienced a couple of weeks ago. 20 people, water baptism, repentance. Letting go of the old life, coming into the new life. Telling the people to believe in him who is coming after him, that is in Jesus. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid hands upon them, 
the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. So often you find in the book of Acts that one of the primary initial evidences that somebody had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit was they began to speak in tongues. They began to pray in a heavenly spiritual prayer language. And I don't know, maybe some of you might be sitting there today and this could be new-ish to you or whatever, and you might be thinking, do I have to speak in tongues? And the answer is, no, you get to speak in tongues. And I, uh, I, I could not tell you how big a piece of my own personal devotional worship uh, prayer life is involved with praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. And so the, this, this aspect of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is certainly, this is one of the most controversial of all the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, right? Baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, you must be crazy. <laughs> uh, and, and I just I want to say, I've said it before, but I do want to say it again, there have certainly been excesses and weirdness that accompanies charismatic theology. But there's also weirdness in some Baptist churches too. Come on, somebody, right? And what I want to encourage us to do is don't lose sight of this beautiful spiritual gift that God has given to us. Amen. The, the ability to pray in a heavenly spiritual prayer language. The reality is charismatic Christianity and charismatic churches are literally the fastest growing segment of church in the entire world. So this isn't just like a, a little pocket on the side street that is, believes in what I'm talking about today. This literally is the fastest growing segment of the church throughout the whole world. And so what I want to say to you is, if what I'm talking about today, we are not finding it in the Word, then run. But if, if it is found in the Word, then let's embrace it, right? And, you know, some of us have been taught that prophecy and tongues have been done away with, and people use this passage in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, the love chapter, but it says, love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they're going to be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there's knowledge, it'll be done away with, for we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. And people go, they'll say, well, gifts of prophecy have ceased. Tongues has ceased. But then when it gets to knowledge, hello, knowledge hasn't been done away with, so why would we think all the rest of this has been done away with? All right, let me give you a couple of benefits of praying in the Spirit. Number one, praying in the Spirit strengthens and builds up your spirit or your faith. Jude, uh, verse 20, there's only one chapter in Jude, says, you, beloved, build yourselves up 
on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4 says, the one who speaks in a tongue edifies, that means builds himself up, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. All of 1 Corinthians 14, if you want to give it a read, is about Paul explaining the use of spiritual language in church life and the use of spiritual language in a person's devotional life. And basically, the overview is this. I'd rather speak five words that everybody could understand and not get overly weird about this. And that's his, that's his idea. But praying in the Spirit is a spiritual strength builder. Come on, can anybody use a little bit more strength in, in their life? You know, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, the love of God, the capacity to, to walk out life. You need strength for that. Number two, praying in the Spirit is actually a part of putting on the whole armor of God. So Ephesians 6, uh, 10 and 11 starts out, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And then it takes all these verses and describes the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, loins gird with truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, a sword of the spirit, all of those different things that are the... But then it ends that description on verse 18, Ephesians 6. It says, with every prayer and request... Pray at all times in the spirit, and with this in view, be alert with all perseverance in every request for all the saints. I hope we all recognize we're in a definitely in a spiritual battle like never before. Truthfully, the cultural opposition to Christian values is enormous and growing. It is a but I mean, you know, it's not just like what the culture thinks about Christian values, but how many of you are going through a personal battle in your own life? And the Bible says, hey, listen, pray at all times in the Spirit. Walking around the house, pray in the Spirit. Driving in your car, pray in the Spirit. You're in the grocery store, keep it down, but pray in the Spirit. You know, you're walking around and, and you, you are in a prayer session. I would say literally half of my prayer time is praying in the Spirit as well as praying with my understanding. Number three, praying in the Spirit helps you pray when you don't know what to pray. And I mean, you know that so often there are things happening that I, I'm not even sure how to pray about this, but I know I want God to get involved and get and intervene. So Romans 8, 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So the Bible is describing for us 
hey, sometimes you don't know what to pray, but the Spirit knows what to pray. The Holy Spirit is in touch with the mind of God and intercedes for us according to the will of God. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says this, the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit, he's speaking or she's speaking mysteries. You know, we can't boil all of Christianity down to the natural. There is a mystery involved in this, in this whole journey. And your spirit knows more than your head knows. And there are times where your spirit knows things that your head hasn't caught up with yet. And we're all spirit, soul, body, but you and I get to choose what's going to be the center of my life, my body, my appetites, or my soul, my thinking, my mind, uh, my choices, my emotions, or I'm going to let my spirit be the center of my life. All are important, spirit, soul, and body, but which one is at the center makes all the difference in the world. Number four benefit of, of praying in the Spirit is praying in the Spirit is a choice. Every one of God's gifts, every one of God's grace uh, that he gives are given by grace but have to be received by faith. In other words, it doesn't just happen on autopilot. We have to choose to apprehend what God gives to us. So 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive. How many of you would say that part could be true no matter what, right? What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit, but I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit, but I will sing with the mind also. So when I choose or when you choose to pray in your prayer language, you pray in tongues, pray in the spirit, what we're doing is we're choosing to engage our spirit. Praying in the spirit is not just about losing your mind. Praying in the spirit is actually recognizing the limitations of your mind. It's, it's not an either-or thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a both, boss. Pray with the understanding. I will pray with my mind, with my understanding, but I will pray with my spirit as well. I love this uh, verse from 1 Corinthians 14. Apostle Paul, known to be one of the most intelligent men, really, that's ever lived, total genius, says this, I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all, more than you all. You know, uh, my experience in being baptized in the Holy Spirit was so close to my turning my life over to Jesus uh, that I don't really have like a differentiation, but I, I felt like I wanted you guys to hear from my incredible bride because she, her story is different than mine and has always made an impact on me. So let's welcome the incredible 
Pastor Suzette. Oh, I love you guys so much. I'm so glad that, um, that Kirk asked me to share my story because honestly, I can say my experience with the person of the Holy Spirit was monumental in my life. And we all know that this walk with Christ is a walk, right? We're right. on a journey, but there are times in that journey where we have an experience that then is set up as a monument, not in a way that we worship that experience, but as we look at it and we remember God significantly did something that was real in my life at that moment or in that season. Right. And so I, I don't remember exactly coming to Christ, except I just remembered one day I made a decision, I'm just going to go after Jesus. Now, you all know I'm a church girl. I was raised in church and been in church my entire life, practically born in church, and I love church. But I remember when I was in middle school that I began to get hungry for something more. And for some reason, there was a gentleman that came into our church and he offered to pray with some of us because we were hungry to have an experience with the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we had, what, maybe five of us in our youth group. <laughs> and so I was one of them. And I remember we just sat down on the front pew. It wasn't even a church service. And he said, let's just begin to worship. So we all just began to worship and we just kind of raised our hands, you know, as sort of like I'm surrendering to you, God, whatever you want to do and what you want to do in and through me right now. And you know what? We began to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in such a beautiful way. And anyway, I can remember just even feeling something like I remember my knee was just kind of trembling <laughs> because I could just feel the presence of God in such a powerful way. Well. So he prays for all of us, just this little kind of just tap us on the head, yeah, receive the Holy Spirit. And they all, all my friends and my sister began to have this heavenly language come out of them, everybody but me. <laughs> and I, of course, I was like, I don't understand what went wrong here. What did, did I do something wrong? Well, no. It was the Holy Spirit was beginning. I was having experience with him, but I had not really released in my prayer language. So months later, I go to camp, it's youth camp. I'm in middle school months later, and I'm sitting about halfway back. You know, back then the, the um, camp was very rustic. It was just this big wooden building with a cover. And I was sitting about halfway back and they called kids to come up to maybe receive Christ or, you know, rededicate their lives to Christ or if you wanted the Holy Spirit or whatever. Like it was whatever you need, you just come on up. And I remember I just stood up and I looked at my twin sister and I said, this is my day. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to receive my prayer language. And I remember I just began to walk down the aisle. And before I even hit the front, it was like I could feel something bubbling inside of me. And it was like a river just started to come up into my throat and out of my mouth. And I had this heavenly experience with the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this, that... It was an experience and it began my journey in getting to know the person of right. the Holy Spirit. It's yeah. not just the experience. Yeah. It's getting to know Him as 
the way the Bible describes him. And I can tell you this, when I went back into school, which just was a matter of maybe a month later, I went back into school as a middle school student with confidence and with power that I could witness to my friends. And I had no qualms and still to this day if I think somebody needs Jesus you better believe if I get an opportunity I'm stepping in there and I can tell you the difference that it made between if I might have been in seventh or eighth and then going into ninth or whatever the difference in those two years was so different for me and not only that the love that I experienced was like nothing I had ever experienced before and so I want to encourage you guys. I don't know where you are in your walk with this, but can I encourage you? Just be hungry. It doesn't happen to everybody the same way. Kirk and I were very different. But I can tell you the Holy Spirit wants to do a work within every single one of us. And if you're hungry, he will meet you and he will fill you. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, honey. Amen. All right, let's all stand together. We're going to worship together for a few moments. And I just want you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit today. And, um, you know, maybe you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or maybe you have in the past, but things have kind of, you know, died down. The river is not really raging. Uh, or this is all brand new to you. But I just want you to open up your heart for a moment as we begin to worship together.
deserve it or to earn it. It's a free gift from you. That's how good. love for us to pray together for a moment. Would you close your eyes? Open up your heart. You know, the Bible is very clear that the Holy Spirit is always going to point us toward Jesus. And it may be that you are here today in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never really surrendered to Jesus. Maybe there was a day when you used to be closer to him than you are now, and you know it's time for you to come home. You might just feel unsure about where you stand. But today, I just want to give you an opportunity. You say, Pastor, would you, would you pray with me? I want to receive Jesus, or I want to come back to Jesus. I want to know for sure I'm right with Jesus. It's speaking to my heart right now. Would you pray with me? Would you just lift your hand up real high right now and say, that's me. Would you pray for me all over the room? God bless you. Come on, anybody else just wants to say yes to Jesus, just wants to surrender re-surrender, be confident about where you really stand with God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. I need you in my world. I want your love and your lordship in my life. I know I've sinned, but I'm coming to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen. On the count of three, we're going to shout hallelujah. We're going to be dismissed. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Have a great day.